Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. We're the NC Wine Guys, and welcome to Cork Talk. In this episode, we sit down with Charles and Ann Edwards of Baker Buffalo Creek Vineyard and Winery in Lawndale, North Carolina. We find time spent with Charles and Ann is never time wasted. This episode highlights some of their history and talks about why they were interested in getting into the wine industry. One of the things we always enjoy about Baker Buffalo Creek is packing a picnic and making a day of our visit. Sitting under the shade trees or any old milk house really has a way of slowing down time and allows you to relax and enjoy the day. This episode was also another first for us as we recorded this one outside. You may hear a car or two passing in the distance, but you'll also hear chirping birds and possibly a calming breeze. So sit back, pour a glass, and listen. So we're here on a warm evening here at Baker Buffalo Creek with Charles and Ann Edwards. So welcome to Cork Talk. Thank you so much. We're glad to be here. So Charles, Ann, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay. I'm Ann Edwards. I grew up here on the farm when it was a dairy farm. I'm a retired elementary school teacher. And what grade did you teach? Mostly third. Okay. Cursive and everything getting yes. right in there. Right. And we still talk cursive. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I'm Charles Edwards. I'm the uh, uh, worker here at the farm. She's the boss already. I've <laughs> But in turn, I grew up in Gastonia. And in turn, Ann and I met at Lenore Ryan and we married out of college. Uh, I worked as a chemist for about 10 years, the dry cleaning business for about 30 years, and had a heart attack. And we sold the business, and we go to California to visit our oldest daughter, fell in love with the wine business, and here we are, growing grapes and making wine. But I am still the boss. <laughs> so how long has Ann been your boss? 53 years, Joe. Oh, wow. We've been married for 53 years, same woman. But in turn, awesome. I, if I had to do it again, I'd do the same thing. Really. Excellent. <laughs> That's one of our audience members. <laughs> so, Ann, you mentioned that you grew up here. Was this your family farm then? Yes. My, uh, my grandfather was a gentleman farmer, which I think meant he didn't farm that much. But, uh, but he had a general store down on Buffalo Creek and a grain mill and a federal license to make liquor. And then my father was a dairy farmer. So okay. then he retired from that and knew my sister and I were not going to be dairy farmers. So the, the lands, it stopped being a dairy farm then. So what was the transition from dairy farm until now then? Well, there was a period of time after my father retired and before before we in, inherited the farm that it was the farm was maintained by a local a neighboring farmer. So the land was continuously tilled and he kept his cows in the pasture. So okay. that it was even though it was not my family farming it, it was still being farmed. Kind of keeping the land active and tilled and all the things that we need. So when were the first vines planted here? Joe, they were planted in 03. Uh, Ann and I went to California to visit our oldest daughter, like I mentioned, and in turn fell in love with the wine business, came back and bought a book. We started reading, and in turn I told Ann, let's do grapes. You don't know a thing about grapes, I know, but I can learn. She said, let's go to the beach with a book. And I said, Ann, I can't do that. Then I really couldn't, but uh, I'm wired too tight. But anyway, we have 10 acres of vines. We have uh, Chardonnays, Cabs, Merlots, Cab Francs, and in turn, uh, we make the wine here. We went to Surrey Community College and took winemaking courses for two years, and in turn, uh, had the uh, winery added on in 09. And we opened the winery in 09, but we planted it in 03, so we had years of good growth to make the good grapes and things like that. 
and now we've got vines anywhere around uh, 16, 18 year vines producing some quality fruit here. So now, Charles, was it just you that went to Surrey, or did no, Anne? Anne and I both did, really. Okay. Anne and I both, really. Okay. And Anne will nice. be a better winemaker than I ever will be. What's the old <laughs> saying in the wine business? Never drink wine before it's time, and I'm always in too big a hurry. I want to get it out. <laughs> and it turned, but Anne calms me down. It slows me down like that, really. But we're excited about our wines at this time now, and in turn, uh, we've done weddings over the years to bring in the revenue to buy the oak barrels and things. Um, my friend at the bank told us, he said, uh, Charlie, do you know how to make a small fortune in the wine business? No, but I want to learn that real quick. Start with a large fortune. <laughs> it's very capital intense, very labor intense. Yeah. So now we're able to have the barrels to make the good wines with, with the quality fruit coming out of the vineyard. We only make about 1,000 cases, and in turn, we're happy doing that. We want to make 1,000 cases of good wine, not 5,000 cases of marginal wine, but I'm sure that's the attitude of the majority of the great growers out Absolutely. here, too. Oh, the yes. Same thing like that. So we enjoy what we're doing. We really are. Nice. So now you had mentioned drink no wine before it's time, and Anne, you're really good about taking the time to actually right. get there. That's one of the things that we really like about this place here is that you just come out here and relax. So if you can't hear the birds on the on the audio and you can't hear the cars passing by, we're sitting outside. So tell us a little bit about where it is we're sitting and what it means to the property. Well, actually, this is the, it's the crush pad okay. that we're sitting at. And it, it is adjacent to the original milk house that uh, the cows were milked by hand and then by automatic milkers. So this covered area is good for the grapes, but you're not bringing in grapes most of the year, so it also is a good dance floor for a party or a, for a wedding. Okay, mm -hmm. so perfect. We, but we're just right here on the property where the calves would have been waiting to come in to be milked. So now you actually, you, you have a, a unique way of continuing to use the buildings that were original to the property here. You mentioned the milk house. Right. Um, the tasting room itself is in an old building as well. Yes, it's, it's all, it's the, I guess was the new milk house okay. when they, uh, you know, regulations changed and the, that was built and the cows came in and the milkers were put on the cows and the milk went directly into the cooler. The refrigerated truck picked it up and took it to the, to the, processing plant so it was never touched by human hands so okay. that milk house is the milk house we use for our tasting room okay right. and now you have a, a house here on property as well right, right. We, we have the house which was built in the late 1800s uh, there's I laugh and say it has a new kitchen. It was built in 1950. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so it's, it's very, very new. But uh, we, this was where I grew up and we're actually where my father grew up. Too. Okay. So, so um, and that, and then the, the mule barn is used. We uh, better let Charles tell about that because they've done a lot of revamping in it okay. uh, over the time. What we've done, man, is we've tried to keep the farm the way it was many years ago. Like the milk house there that her Ann's father milked cows in, we reprocessed it like it was. It was about to fall down, and so we put it back together to look old. And then it turned then the uh, mule barn down here, what we've done a lot of work on it. And then turn up what we've done is added doors to it, and then in turn we have a chapel on the backside where the tractors were stored. And in turn, now we have weddings into the chapel there. And lately, we've just reprocessed upstairs in the hayloft where we can do uh, special dinners and things like that. Last night, we had a little barbecue rib dinner at about 50 people, and we ate upstairs in the hayloft. And in turn, we uh, added up, fixed it up with some 
antique furniture and things like that. So we were proud about that part too, like that. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago you showed us up there as a sneak peek, and I think right. that's a, a really great addition to the, the facility you well, have here. it is, and what we want to do is to help take care of our customers better is have events. We're going to have a little low country boil on the uh, Memorial Day weekend and in turn invite our friends to come and in turn have a, a low country boil with wine with music and entertainment. So Ann and I can help doing, do that in the future to, uh, you know, let share the wine, to share the farm with the folks and things like that. So we're excited about where we're going with it. And in turn, our daughters are not interested in taking it over, but we want to still keep it going and enjoy what we're doing with it and share with you guys and then things like that. Well, we're very grateful that you're sharing it because, as we've said before, this is the place to come and relax and enjoy an afternoon. You don't, don't need to go anywhere else. You just come and sit. Uh, there's shade trees around or under this patio and enjoy the great wine and good company. Yeah, time has a way of slowing down when you're out here with with good wine and a nice weather and just kind of relaxing. Sure. Well, we appreciate those compliments there. And Ann and I, as we get older, uh, we want to enjoy those those moments too. Absolutely. But with growing grapes and making wine, it's very uh, labor intense. Of course. But it's a labor of love, guys. It really is. And in turn, so uh, but we enjoy what we're doing. So we've talked about the barn, but the barn's kind of famous. So uh, let's famous. talk about that for a few minutes. Well, in 2013, and I remember this because it's on the picture, <laughs> uh, the, we were contacted by a shop locator at Hillshire Farms, was looking for a barn to film for their commercials, and they wanted a barn that looked like the barn on their logo. And this uh, gentleman out of Charlotte had pictures of the barn from, from another occasion and brought them out, and they filmed in 13 and then came back in 16 and filmed again. Wow. So, so the, the real barn on the Hillshire Farms commercials is our barn. Oh, cool. Right. That's a great little connection to, right. you, know, you know, a little 15 seconds of fame, if you will, right. in the national spectrum. Okay. And something, so it's iconic. Everyone knows that logo yeah. and knows, knows what Hillshire Farm is. A little comment along that same line, if I may, is... Uh, Anne is not an early riser, guys, and in turn, uh, she can't go to bed at night, but she can't get up in the morning, and in turn, when they came, they came about 4 o'clock to set up, they had it ready by 5.30 with the sun coming right. up over the east, and then in turn, uh, we got a little money out of it. We didn't get royalties and all the things you think you get, but I, and when I told Anne how much money we got, she said, well, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have gotten up at 5.30, I mean at 4.30 to take a, put on my makeup and come out here to watch them do this now. But uh, she did say that if they'd only known, we'd have done it for nothing, too, like that. Yeah. It's nice bragging rights, guys. It really yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, it's it, not everyone has a, a red barn that's so oh, iconic. Exactly. So oh. definitely uh, something to really pull in. So now, Anne, uh, Anna Charles, so last name Edwards, mm -hmm. but we're called Baker Buffalo Creek here. How did you come up with the name Baker Buffalo Creek? Well, we applied for the name Buffalo Creek because it's the property that, the creek that borders the property, but that name was already taken by a winery in Missouri. Mm -hmm. So we, at the time, I thought, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, we're not going to be going to Missouri with our wine, and they're probably not coming here, but now with the... GPS that everybody has. We sometimes people will come in laughing that they put in Buffalo Creek and it was taking them to Missouri. But so we added Baker was my maiden name. So since it was our the Baker farm, we put the Baker Buffalo Creek. So it kind of had a 
better ring than Edward's. It really does have a nice ring to it, yeah. I mean, the, the alliteration, uh, it just kind of makes it seem cozy. Cozy. Well, and it, guys, and that's the proper thing, too. Uh, we're Edwards, and that wouldn't have been fair to put on the farm. Six generations of bakers, and that's the proper thing to do like that, really. Mm, absolutely. And yeah. so I think we did the right thing with it like that. Recognizing right. a sense of place in the history, right. and history of the, the farm. farm. Mm -hmm. right. really. mm -hmm. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, the vineyard. You've mentioned a few of the varietals that you grow. Mm -hmm. Chardonnay, Capsov, Cap Franc. There's a little Merlot as well, I believe. And then you grow some Muscadines as well? We do grow Muscadines and Scuppernogs, and plus we buy some of those too now. And we're more of the dry wines than we are the sweet wines, but yet still a lot of folks that come through the tasting room like that sweet wine. Sure. And our, our Muscadines and Scuppernogs are not real sweet. We let the fruit do the sweetness of the wine like that. And in turn, but uh, it's very satisfying like that. And our goal is to try, as we go forward, to make quality wine and make different wines, too. It goes back to the lab many years ago was doing experimental work, like that little C.D. Baker we have with the bourbon barrel. And in turn, I read about that in the magazine. Madali's doing it, Thousand Stories, others are doing it. So we thought if they can do it, we can do it. So then we brought it in with the, the bourbon barrel, and we'll age it in the French barrel, then flip it over to the uh, bourbon barrel, and it's done real well for us like that, really. We're real pleased. We're looking for a blush coming up soon. Uh, last year, I messed it up. I didn't leave it on the skins long enough. We kept <laughs> brought Cab Franc in, and in turn left it on the skins only about an hour or so. And we're going to leave it on there until it gets dark, because then we pressed it, and it was just white. So anyway, we're learning with it like that. Sure. But if, if we can make good wines, that's our goal right there. And in turn, uh, the vines, it's a, it's a real challenge. Uh, you have to get out there and tend those vines and then prune them properly and things like that. If you can do that, then you can grow the crops, of uh, the vines crops like that, really. And as great-grandfather, grandfather, or father, a local farmer tilled the soil, and we came in on that property and put the vines on it. And we didn't know what we were doing, and we just read a book, and it said, plant this way and that way, and that's what we did. But it's worked out fairly well, guys. It really has. So we're pleased with that. So what's the varietal that works best in the vineyard? Uh, besides the muscadines, because well, they're native, so of course they, now. Yeah. And in turn, your reds, like your Cab Sauvignon, your Cab Franc, work real well there. Chamberson, and the uh, works well. The Traminette on the white side works well too. The uh, muscadine, uh, the uh, muscadine's easy, but then the reason uh, the Chardonnay is tough because it's an early bloomer, and you get a lot of frost on right. that. And the Merlot on the red side, you got to make sure you take care of it too. Sure. But it's a challenge, guys. It really is. But uh, but I love the farming aspect of it, I really do. But uh, a lot of it's hard work. It's just oh, hard absolutely. work out there, really. But it's very rewarding when somebody comes in and they taste your wine and they say, golly, man, this is good. That makes it worthwhile right there. So much of it, it really does. So how's everything looking right now? It looks excellent. This is probably the best crop we've had in the last three years oh, wow. at this stage of the game. Okay. And we should be over with frost. I think so. And in turn, we had a little frost damage, not much at all. But yet still, too, every vine we have out there that's growing is really doing really well. So we're real Good. pleased about that from there. Nice. So if we can not have as much rain as we had in 2018. Well, with the rain in the wintertime was okay, Joe, but in turn it went to the water table. But you don't want a lot of rain, particularly right. during harvest time. Or flowering. Where you're flowering like that. Right. You don't want that. No. But in turn, it looks like we're going to have a hotter, drier summer. But it's looking we'll see that what way. happens. Yes. Out. We really will. So let's yeah. hope. Uh -huh. Let's hope.
So now, uh, you've been, this farm, this location has been part of the local history for over 100 years now. So, and do you, do you get a lot of people, locals that are coming in saying, I remember this farm back when your dad owned it or things like that, and just kind of seeing how it's progressed? Well, actually more come in that my mother taught in first grade. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so uh, probably then, then with the, with the uh, farming aspect. Okay. Like, so uh, I would say we have more that, you know, remember this or, and, and also people say that, you know, they drive by and had never noticed it was a, a, a vineyard. Hmm. Uh, but you just kind of are going your way and not really paying attention to what's on the side. So, so but um, probably more that right. remember my mother. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things with it, Matt, is we don't advertise a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And in turn, at our age, uh, we've already kind of done our thing, we feel. But yet, still, we want to keep the farm alive and we want to make good wine and we want to take care of our customers and things like that. If we can do those things, we feel like we've accomplished what we want to be or where we want to be at this stage of our game, so to speak. Like Excellent. That. So where do most of your customers, besides locally, where do most of the customers come from? Charlotte, Spartanburg, Columbia. Okay. Um, Hickory, Hickory, Morganton, uh, Newton, areas like that, Gastonia for certainly. And we get a lot out of Rock Hill, uh, Fort Mill, down that way too. Sure. So we, we get a wide variety of folks that come in and it turned out. And we're the only winery in Cleveland County now. We've had two of our friends have closed up. Right. And so now we're getting uh, a lot of the traffic that maybe they didn't have too. So it looks like Ann and I are going to have to make a little change in the future with getting some additional help or something like that maybe sure. from there. Yeah. And Charlotte's not that far away from here either, so it's kind of like the biggest, uh, the closest big city it's that you have. It's about 45 minutes. Okay. And they, it gets them away from cement yes. because, they're, uh, because of the rural setting. And it's the rolling foothills. Oh, yes. So even though we're not in the mountains, it's, it's out. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it is nice. Like, as we're sitting here, you kind of see the different land features. Back in the, the distance, you see where the creek kind of is and, and the, the flatter areas here. So definitely better than just concrete and parking lots and, and buildings. Moving well forward, what we want to do, too, is uh, share the history of the farm more, too, like that, really. Uh, Ann's grandfather had a grain mill, a general store. And then, yeah, with three state roads on the property here now, and then share that with the folks coming in and things. And um, we have a wagon that uh, we have done tours around the property and things like that. And just to show where the first state road was, mm. term, where Ann's grandfather's house, father's house was. And uh, so we want to work on that aspect too, of doing those things too, besides just the wines and the weddings and the parties and things along that line. Too. Oh, of course. I mean, the, the connection to the local history is very important, especially when we're talking about sense of place and the way that it, it really all affects it. So, like, wine is very much a context type of, uh, you know, uh, element to it. It's about who you're with, where you are, and what you're drinking. So you had mentioned the general store. So you said it was on the creek. And was that here on the property, or was yeah. that a little bit further out? No, it was just right on the – just right – here okay. on the creek there. Well, a couple hundred yards away, away then. Yes. Okay. You can't see me pointing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the difficulty of a podcast is, unfortunately, no, no hand no, gestures. No, so. no hand gestures on that, right. But, um, uh, but that was just, and the grain mill was there. Okay. And so that was just where, I guess, people would do their local, yeah. their local shopping because it was the 
I'm the main man. So well, one thing you don't want to leave out either, Han, is he, your grandfather had a steel right down there that he made liquor, a brandy and a whiskey now. And it turned up. He had the federal license. Well, I know he had a federal license. And one of the things that really is, is uh, interesting now, Ann's cousin said that his uncle had a route delivering the brandy and whiskey. And evidently he would put the, the bottles in his sack on the back of his mule, hmm. and we'd go from place to place like a tree with a hollow place, he'd reach in there and get the note out with the money and leave a bottle of brandy, a bottle of whiskey, or whatever like that. That's how it was and done. Like, is that not the front runner of NASCAR? <laughs> I mean, really. But it's a slower pace. Of yeah, really. Or the front runner of Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the history is exciting here now, really. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Ann and I are so appreciative of. We tried to keep the farm like it was many years ago, mm-hmm. not making it uptown. And in turn, so we're excited about that part, guys. Oh, yeah. Really. That's part of the charm. It is, really. So, Charles, you had mentioned one time that when you were clearing out some of the fields, you had kind of encountered some old farm equipment and things like that. So talk a little bit about that experience. Well, what what we were doing, when Ann and I first came in, Ann's mother was here for a number of years by herself with a local farmer tending tending the property and things. And in turn, so some of it had overgrown. We cleaned up, and as we did, between the briars and things, we found some equipment, things like that. So we displayed the equipment here on the farm, to let people know that's what was used here on the farm. Hmm. A couple of pieces are not from this farm, but from the area. And then so uh, we're excited about sharing that part with it too. And one of the things that was so exciting, Matt, is uh, there were five families that lived on the farm when Ann grew up here. The okay. Bakers had lots of acres now. And the lady lived in the block house here, celebrating her 96th birthday. Oh, wow. And in turn, her family called to have her birthday party here, and Ann certainly agreed. And in turn, there must have been 200, 250 people here. And some of the uh, of Miss Dolly's family, her sons, put hay up in the barn. Or in turn, uh, milk cattle in the first milk house there. And in turn, uh, they had a mule named uh, Ralph that would pull the rack up to pull the hay up in the loft up there. And in turn, drop the hay down. And then they'd back Ralph up and pick up more hay and take him back up. And I just thought that was so unusual now. And I didn't grow up on a farm. I grew up in the city. And in turn, but it's exciting for me to be able to do this. And now we've renovated that uh, hayloft to have different dinner parties and things like that. Yeah. So we're excited about what we've done with the farm at this point. And in turn, we've got a few more things to do. And then I think Ann's going to put the stops on us now, really. <laughs> well, she has the boss. So. She is the boss, man. 53 years of being the boss, yeah. now, really. So uh, let's, talk, let's go back to wine for a minute. How would you describe your style of winemaking? Well, what we do is, uh, Ann and I read five or six magazines each month about the business to keep up with what's going on in the market out there and everything. And then in turn, uh, what we try to do is what you would, I guess we'd call minimalistic uh, intervention into the wines. Let the wines make themselves. Instead of putting all these different additives to it or things like that, we want the wine to show the characteristic of what Baker Buffalo Creek Vineyard Winery has to offer. And in turn, then with the barrels, we do try to use the new French barrels. Uh, with the weddings, we're afforded to buy the French barrels. And in turn, uh, so then that way it imparts different flavors into the wines too and can make them more mellow, make them more oaky, make them have different flavors to them and things like that. So that would be the intervention we have. But other than that, we want that grape to do her thing. 
but we do have to uh, prune them properly, and we do have to spray occasionally now, and then turn it over with the, sure. here in the south, we have the uh, uh, mildew and things like that, so we've got to handle that. Mm -hmm. and, but we do the very minimal we can. We want to do organic farming the best we can, and in turn, but we still have to spray some, guys. I don't care who it is, you have to spray yeah. like that, you really do. But uh, we're excited about our wines at this point. They will always be better, and they can get better. And in turn, uh, before Ann and I finish, we're going to have some killer wines now. <laughs> my opinion, really. They're not bad now. So, uh, of, of the wines that are in the lineup right now, is there one that's your favorite? Well, I like the dry, dry red, Joe. I really do. And having the heart issues like I have, I like that better. And in turn, but yet still, too, some of the whites, like the Chardonnays and that little uh, Traminette is a nice little wine, too. But I go back to the reds. And in turn, uh, I like that Cab Franc. We just came up with a Chamberson now. I like these wines like that, really. And our, our Cab Sauvignon is a more uh, mellow, smoother type wine due to the barrels we're using and things like that. But uh, the wines are good. But probably our favorite wine with the local people here is the Muscadine. And we call it Mule Barn Red after the Red Barn. Mm -hmm. That's on national TV with Hillshire and like that. Yeah. There. The Muscadines that you produce here, like, like, like you said earlier, they're not overly sweet. You let the grape do all the work right. for it. So I think that really does express a lot more of the fruit. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just dumping a whole bunch of sugar in right. there and then right. kind of making a popular wine. It still mm -hmm. is very popular on its own. So right, that's it awesome. Is. When somebody comes in the door, Matt, we want to have something they'll like. Whether it's a dry white or dry red or a sweet, sweet wine joke, that's what we want to have. Sure. And we try to make our wines, too, according to the way our customers like them, too. And in turn, if it's too oaky, then in turn, uh, it doesn't sell as well. Mm -hmm. Or if it's too uh, dry or something like that, uh, and then we try to adjust it. Because you can tell... And in turn, but you want to take care of your customers. They pay the bills. So exactly. he likes the dry reds, and what's your favorite? The dry white. Dry whites, okay. <laughs> so what, which one would you say on the dry white side? The, the uh, stainless Chardonnay and okay. the Riesling. Oh, okay, okay. Very nice. So that's uh, the current favorites, but is there one wine that you've made throughout the years that sticks out as, as a favorite? Like a particular vintage between, and the reserve between right. the rivers reserve, mm. which we don't have right now, but it was uh, very popular, and we hope to have it again. It's but it's one of those that has to age longer and right, of course. Uh, yes, it was a very tasty one. And we, we hope to do that again now, really. And if we have the Granda that is a red blend, uh -huh. and in turn, but it's only aged a couple of years now, and in turn, but yet this uh, reserve we had. It was aged at least three years in the barrel. And guys, we don't have that capacity, or we haven't had up until now, that we can leave a wine in there three years because we've got to sell it to pay the light bill. Oh, yeah. If you understand. <laughs> yes. turn, but hopefully that will be our goal again, yeah. is to make that reserve, and then we want to make a blush, I mean a rosé too, like that do. Yeah. So now being out here in Cleveland County, you're outside of the Yadkin Valley. So what challenges does that bring for industry or customers, or what do, what do you think about that? Well, most of the weekend customers want more than one winery to go to. They like to travel to two or three wineries, and now that they, they're not, there's maybe one or two. And that's, but then also, a lot of people like to bring people who can just stay and spend the afternoon so it works out but it does it is better if you're in an area where there are several wineries mm -hmm. and then people can have more choices 
But I really think you've made a good destination here. Like you said, bring a picnic out and enjoy it. It's right. That's something that we've always enjoyed doing is just coming here and relaxing. I mean, we brought a picnic today, and you know, while you were doing your regular business, we kind of waited till after hours to get everything through here. So, mm-hmm. I, it's just a great way to relax on a nice weekend afternoon. So we highly recommend that anyone listening that's within a couple hours, <laughs> pack that picnic, come on out. Well, one of the things we're we're excited about too, guys. Uh, the western part of the state is picking up with wineries. Absolutely. And in turn, we're, the folks are finding out that some good wines are made out in this area, too. Absolutely. And in turn, like coming from us, from Charlotte, and then going on up to Tryon and that area like that, and Absolutely. going up, up to Morganton and all. So we're growing some decent grapes now. Yes, you Valley, we're real proud of them. And because of what they're doing, they're putting the state on the map, so to speak, for the others of us that are trying to. And in turn, we're coming along and... Uh, doing fairly well too, like that, really. Yeah, I would say definitely more than trying. You are you're doing fairly good wine, so that's good. that's a good thing. Good. And our agriculture extension team here has been very supportive okay. of the wine industry and trying to encourage and promote, with which is a plus. So we've talked a little, we've touched a little bit on on the bourbon barrels, but let's let's focus on that. There's not that many folks. There's three or four, I think, in North Carolina that currently that are that have wines out that have been in bourbon barrels. There are probably others who are working on them. Um, but talk about how that came about and how that's been received by your customers. Um, we read five or six magazines, like I mentioned, a month about the business. We want to keep abreast of what's going on, like Cab Franc is a growing wine right now. Sure. So that's, we picked that up, and in turn, uh, we have that bottle now, too, like that. But reading the magazines, I read in several magazines that Madavi, Thousand Stories, Apothic, others are doing that, and I thought, well, if they can do it, why can't we? And it goes back to the lab, I guess, with experimental work many years ago. And so we knew where we could get some bourbon barrel, and so we brought them in, and in turn, uh, we didn't have the slightest idea of how to do this thing, but we just winged it. And in turn, Ann went to the grocery store and bought a bottle of the uh, a bourbon barrel Cabernet Sauvignon, and it stated on the side of the bottle, aged four months. So, hey, that gave us directions about how long to age it now, guys. Let the other people do the research. Right, well, that's right. But in turn, we put it in the barrel, and in turn, left it in there four or five months, and we're finding the barrels differ. And then, so uh, that's how it all came about like that. And in turn, we're reading other things, too. Uh, our daughter, particularly, too, the state sells wine in California, and she says a lot of the winemakers there are putting their cab in American barrels for about four or five months and then picking up that flavor and then transferring it to a French barrel. Okay. So what we're doing is we do, we've done that. We have some cab and some cab franc in there that we had in the uh, American barrels for four or five months, and so we're going to see how that goes a little later on like sure. that. And uh, you can tell a difference. Absolutely. So, uh, but the uh, the bourbon has done a great job for us, Joe. It really has. It's been received real well. And in turn, ours is not a heavy bourbon, and in turn, but it's got a nice little bourbon flavor at the tail end. But talk about red meat, it's an excellent one with red meats. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a, a cooler weather type wine like sure. that, too. Mm-hmm. But anytime you drink a, you a steak, yeah, any kind of wine like that's good with it, too, like that for that. Yeah. But we're real pleased with it, though. We really have. And this is probably about the, what, the third year, second year that we've done this now. And so we're real we're, we're pleased with having it, though. We really are. Excellent. Excellent. So now, Anne, you've, uh, as with any winery in the industry, going through and getting labels created is always an issue. 
you have a little bit of an interesting tale with your with the bourbon barrel one. Tell us a little bit about the the, the, the story you had to go well, through that. Well, we had decided we were going to try a different label company than the one that we had used always. So we thought, well, this would be a good one to, to try it out. And several of our friends at other wineries were using this company. So I, I called and talked to a gentleman and and told him what we wanted and what we wanted it to look like. And he sent something which had not much of anything that I'd asked for on it and was missing several things that the government requires to be oh, no. on it. And he's saying, I will fix that after it's approved. And I'm thinking, this is kind of weird because you don't change it after it's approved. And finally, one day he was not there and I spoke with someone else and we were able to move forward. And I don't know why, but it turned out that that was the owner of the company. And I guess he had just decided he wanted to do a label. I don't know. But once once we got with them and we've been very pleased with the, the work that they do and being so quick mm-hmm. because we the company and we were not dissatisfied at all but it would take as much as three weeks to get a label oh, and that a lot of the time I would not know I needed a label until we needed a label <laughs> and, and, then um, need and these and these people usually if we order on Monday it's here by the end of the week oh, they, wow. they do a okay. real quick nice. turnaround and the quality's good, oh, good. so so that's awesome uh, that it works like that but it, it is, we, we don't do fancy labels. I guess the, the bourbon barrel aged is our only unique label. The rest are just more of a classic. I was going to say label. classic is what I would, how I would describe them for sure. When we were at Surrey, the folks said nobody will ever choose that off the grocery store shelf. And I said, that's okay. We won't be, probably, we won't be producing enough to be on the grocery yeah. store shelf. So it won't have to be picked out from the. That's a very interesting perspective to have is kind of really like what you want your brand to be right. and not just succumbing to the grocery store demand. Yeah, so really that's bad. awesome. So it, it's worked nicely. I think it suits what the, the, the vibe that you get here and, and what we get from talking to you. It's it, it, For me, that label looks like Charles. Charles. <laughs> so, well, we appreciate that. That's yeah. what we want to be like. And Charles is wearing yellow today, so that fits in nicely with the background of the label. So. <laughs> yeah. so what are some things that you've learned over the years of doing business? you got to have the money. you got to have the money for one thing. It is very capital intense, man. It really is. The barrels are $1,200 a piece, some of those nice medalliers and things like that. Mm. And it turned out, and it's a lot of hard work. I mean, here I'm out here on Thursday night, at nine o'clock spraying the vines. And it turned but you got to, you have to. And it turned I found too, oh, we're on a smaller scale and it's so a lot of the work I'm doing myself and everything like that. Hmm. And it's so but uh, it's a labor of love. It, it really is enjoyable really. But um, one of the things that Ann and I enjoy so much, having met you guys, is in, uh, meeting the people. I mean we love you guys and it turned it's been fun like that. And we have new people all the time. And but we're people persons now. We really are. Mm-hmm. And in turn, but that's that. That's the main thing we've enjoyed about it. That, in my opinion, and in turn, having people say the wines are, are good too. But uh, it's it's hard. It really is. You see the advertisement on TV about the guy saying, "Well, I'm getting ready to retire. I think I might get a winery and a vineyard or something." <laughs> he needs to come talk to me. Talk to him a little bit. That's been a common theme that we 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 right. heard yes. as we talked to a number of people. So. Right. 
but it but we've enjoyed it very much and had a lot of health issues but i think the work has helped me a lot still doing it and i think drinking red wine is wonderful really, really good. <laughs> well we would agree with that yeah and how about for yourself it, the, the people and really now the thing I don't like about it is the book work I did oh. not ever want to be a bookkeeper <laughs> and and there is a lot of paperwork and yeah. that's one reason we don't ship is, yeah. is that just adds on a couple more layers of paperwork but, yeah. uh, but the, uh, the the people and we have met so many nice people and that you know we consider friends and I think they consider us friends mm-hmm. that it's just kind of like old home week sometimes on the on Saturdays and Sundays because that's when the main traffic is because people are at work. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's just been, it's it's been fun. And it's nice to have the farm still be alive. Oh, definitely. I mean, you, you grew up here, so you had that linkage. So it, it must be really gratifying to see right. it still be in use right. after, you know, after all the years mm-hmm. that you've been around it. And it's just, you're continuing on the family legacy yeah, of yeah. using this land. Now if we can just talk one of the grandchildren. Right. <laughs> but one of the things that uh, last night particularly, Larry, here we've got a group of people up there. They've got music up there, eating dinner in the loft of the barn. And I'm thinking, what in the world would Mr. Baker or Ann's grandfather think about all this going on at the top of their barn, the hayloft like that, really? Probably but it would never imagine. No, no. They, no, they really would. having dinner at the top of the barn. My mother would think it was wonderful. <laughs> what would your father think? He would think it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to share, guys. It's really it. The Lord has blessed us with this, and it's great to share with you guys. It really is. And we appreciate this so much. So, we talked about what, what you've learned, but is there something, some particular thing or situation that's left a, the biggest impact on you since you've opened the winery and vineyard here? Well, one of the things it tells me when we first started, I didn't know what I was doing, and we planted the Chardonnay in the wrong place. They should have planted up on the hill instead of down at the bottom. And what does frost do? It hits and rolls. And so it, that's that's something that. Uh, has remained with me, remembering that I didn't know what I was doing about this. But we've learned with it over the years, too, like that, about, uh, you know, other things to do with it and things like that. But that, that's one thing that stands out right off from there. And then, too, uh, that I'm not as uh, young as I used to be when I fell <laughs> off the ladder on the barn and broke my back and then started doing those things, and I fell right there and broke my nose. I've got to slow down and then turn uh but anyway, but it, it has been a ride, a wonderful ride. And I appreciate Ann putting up with me doing this all these years. She has not always agreed with what I wanted to do. and uh, But I think she's putting her foot down heavier now than she used to. Well, she's the boss. Well, that's exactly her right. right. He keeps saying that. So I've, I've well, got you might as well do it, right? I have to exert my authority. So when you've been married as long as we have, it just doesn't matter, guys. It doesn't matter. Whatever Ann wants, Ann gets. This awesome. seems to, she seems to be surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> what a <laughs> But she's still smiling. She is. Right. She is. When, when he, he mentioned that he was getting too old to be doing, doing this, I thought, finally, <laughs> let's, let's get this in writing. <laughs> well, we have it on audio. Now, I know, so, so yeah. now we can, I can play it back to him. Yeah. We've got about 10 more years of doing this, and then after that, we'll oh, that's good to, hear. Have yeah. to consider what we're going to do with it. Well, you can always put a hammock. Yeah, and have right. your hammock right. and folks, that's true. see that's folks true. when you need right. to. So. That's right. Yeah. 
So, so I mean, what you're thinking maybe 10 more years. So what do you think might be the next change that you might add in? Well, it depends upon our, our daughters are not interested and our grandchildren, maybe one of the four might. Okay. You never know, guys. Yeah. You never know. But we have children that want to be adopted. So. <laughs> we, do, we really do. Or people that want to be adopted. Uh-huh. So. But the thing about it is it's going to be hard to let it get out of the family. Mm-hmm. Of course. Get the family yeah. for all these yeah. years. Of course. Yeah. It'd be hard like that. But, you know, sometimes you just have to make decisions. Yeah. And in turn, uh, in 10 years, I'm going to take the next step. And Ann's going to we have to worry about what she's going to do there, really, because... She's got longevity in her genes. Yeah. Uh, well, if we know Ann, I'd say it, has, it involves a beach and a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right, Maybe, man. Does that mean in 10 years I can go to the beach? Yeah. Start your countdown now. <laughs> what are you, you just went last week, woman. Really, what do you mean? But I have to come back early. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming back. <laughs> right. here no, for this. Not because of this. Not, not because of this. That's right. That's right. She so, had to run the place. Really. Well, we had the party last night. We had to be here to help with the party. That's true. That's very true. So, oh, what's what's left the biggest impact on you, <laughs> Well, I haven't had to worry about what to do with free time. There you go. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I, I know what I'm going to be doing. So, I guess that, <laughs> maybe that's the biggest impact. I don't know. Okay. No, and it, you know, I enjoy it too. I enjoy the people, and you know, and it is fun. I uh, see. Now I have my third graders that come to my tastings. It's going to be a little surreal. I know. So, I mean, I don't know. They're a little surprised to have their teacher pouring wine for them. But, um, but, it, is, but it is fun to see. And there was actually a, a young lady in yesterday. I did not have her, but her brothers. And, and when Charles was doing the tasting with her, and he, but when she was saying something, and, and I said, are you Dr. Babb's daughter? You know, and, and uh, it was just—it it was fun to reminisce and, and with the. It, it is it is interesting to to have a, a beverage, alcoholic beverage, with a teacher. <laughs> I remember a number of years ago, I was at a wine festival and ran into my kindergarten teacher. Oh, oh, we both had glasses of wine, and she's like, you can't be old enough to drink. I'm like, you can't be <laughs> Yes, I guess I am. You she see? couldn't be drinking. Yeah, exactly. You're not supposed to be drinking either. So. It's kind of fun when your old world and your new world collide. With yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest challenges I think I've had, of guys, over the years is uh, Ann was in the schoolroom all those years, and then in turn I was in the cleaners. And in turn, I was the boss of the cleaners now. We had a big operation now. We really did. And what I said was kind of what went. And in turn, now here we are in the winery business, and I'm not the boss anymore. And I, I kind of struggle with that sometimes now, really, because I'll say, well, now, guys, I want you to do this, so let's do this. And then Dan will come behind me and say, well, now, I want you to do this over here. What do we do here now, really? But anyway, but well, she's we, the boss. Well, I know. We, we worked that out already. Yeah. But I'm just kidding about that, too. But... Uh, we, we have worked well together, though. We really have. But uh, a lot of it is when you get older, you just say, yes, ma'am. You just keep doing it. Again, she seems surprised by that. <laughs> wonder why. <laughs> so we now, could ask his friends. <laughs> they would agree with me. <laughs> so now, what do you think the, the future of North Carolina wine holds? Well, man, if you remember, North Carolina was the number one state in the United States in pro- before Prohibition was great in wine sales. So that, but that was Muscadines, I understand. Right. But yet still, too, I think we've got a great area here. And look at all the numbers of people we have here, the Charlotte area, Raleigh-Durham mm-hmm. area, things like that. And I think it's going to do nothing but get better. Yeah. But we all have got to work hard to make it 
a better business than what it is now. It can always well, be better. Yeah. And in turn, uh, but you know, some people get into it, and in turn, they don't realize, realize how hard it is and how capital intense it is now, and things like that. And in turn, but I think it's got a bright future. I really did. Yeah, and I you mean, mentioned are, Western North Carolina is starting to get more and more exactly vineyards right, really. and wineries. They, they really are, really. And they're growing good grapes up there, Absolutely. too, now, really. Yeah. And in that isothermal area, thermal area, it's really yes. doing well. Mm. But here at the foothills with us, uh, we're, we're doing well, too, with our grape growing, now, really. But uh, I think it's going to be nothing but the future is going to be brighter and brighter. We really do. That's my feeling about it. Awesome. So do you ever, do you guys ever get to get away and go taste somewhere else? Like very ever? Se- very seldom. We did when we were going to Surrey right, Community course. College. We we would go and they, or sometimes we would just go look around because right. the they the, wouldn't be open. But I, don't, well, I guess with like at the Christmas show and okay. the spring show, there are a, a lot of right. wineries that come to that. So we do get to sure. to taste that, but not not often. Right. Once in a while, we get up to the Tryon area probably more than Yadkinville because it's, yeah, well, it's closer. we don't have the time. Right. Yeah. But one of the things with, uh, like on a Saturday now, we're real busy usually. And, right. And to be honest with you guys, we want to be here when you come. Sure. And we want sure. to see you guys. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. been friends for a long time, and we want to right. be here yeah. to, to share yeah. our love with you and things like that. And in turn, if we're away, and in turn, we had somebody in yesterday. They were up here, uh, what, uh back when we went to spring, spring show, show and uh, you know, and we didn't see them. Yeah. And in turn, uh, we talked and got along real well, and they booked a wedding. Mm. And in turn, uh, but the thing about it is, we enjoy uh, seeing you guys. If we don't see you, like we haven't seen some of our friends in a, in a long time. <laughs> and we've missed her, now we really have. Uh, Charles is pointing to our friend Susan, who's here <laughs> in the audience uh-huh. with us tonight. But I mean, so. it's not about just selling wine, it's about the friendships <laughs> right. you've made over the years like that, guys. It really is from there. Yep. But, uh, but we, we, we do want to get away some. We really do. Yeah. But Diane's going to San Francisco next week. And in turn, our daughter's having surgery two weeks in. And in turn, so she'll be away like that. And uh, we might have to close the doors. But in turn, no, we'll do what we can. Oh, yeah. Really. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, we do want to do some. And we had a chance to travel before we got into this. But yet still, there's other places we want to go to. Sure, yeah. And from there. But still, mm-hmm. it's that labor of love that, uh, that we have for it, guys. It really is. I agree. That's one thing that like we love about North Carolina and here specifically is that you get to actually know the owners. You get to right. talk with the owners when you come in to visit. Right. And like you said, if you're out at one of the, the shows down in Charlotte and y'all aren't here, it's just very much like, oh, they're, they're not here. Okay, mm-hmm. well, right. come back uh-huh. again next time. But I we're mean, it's still, still fun, it. but uh-huh. it's not the same. Right. It's not the same. Well, yeah. That's like yeah. our little dog we've adopted, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. people miss her on Sunday. Uh, she had a hard day yesterday, so we gave her a day off. <laughs> and in turn, people said, where's B? Where's B? And in turn, she's come a, a real part of the farm mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's just the way it is, really. Yeah. So now, what's one thing you want your visitors to know when they come here to Baker Buffalo Creek? I want them to know that we're trying the hardest we can to make the best wine that we can. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal. And in turn, if we can make the good wines that will meet our satisfaction, then in turn, it will be satisfaction for them. And in turn, not. Uh, Spending 30 years in the dry cleaning business, guys, I still go around and look at your dress slacks and see if you got double creases. And look at your dress shirts and see if you got photos in the collar. And my point there is the, wine, the uh, business could get, it could be better. It could be better. And that's the same thing with the wines. It can be better. It can be better. And as those grapevines grow and produce better quality fruit, 
and those barrels in there can age those wines like that, it will get better and better. And that's our goal. Okay. It's not lots, but it's better quality. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So, Ann, anything else to add to that? I think you said it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of coming to the to the end of the interview, um, we want to thank you, of course, for, for having us out this evening and being part of the of Cork Talk today. But what's something that you most look forward to in the future besides the beach and the book? And <laughs> I, like, I, I look forward to good health and a happy marriage with my wife here now. And in turn, uh, and to make people happy when they come to Baker Buffalo Creek. Mm -hmm. If we can do those things now and take care of our family and all, guys, that's what it's about at our age now. Ain't and I yes. getting to be old school. And in turn, <laughs> I mean, really, we are. I was at a gas station the other, guy, the other day, and I spoke to the young guy, and he said, hey, old school. And I thought, who are you talking to? But wait a minute, he's talking to me. But I am old school. But I'm just glad to be old school. And in turn, if we could just enjoy and share the farm and in turn uh, be at peace inside and, in, and have fun with it, that's what we want to do with it, guys, the next 10 years that we're working, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, and thinking about that countdown that clock right now. The 10 years doesn't change. He's been saying that for at least, at least five years. years. You know, so you know well, wait a minute, we, we, should it be down to five? Well, so, I want to be like Gus Anderson with Anderson Con Valley out in Napa. He was a friend of ours. And in turn, finally, he, he died probably about 80 years, 90 years old. And I want to do like that. But he was still making wine oh at that time because it's yeah. a way of life, guys. Yeah, it's what right. it is. It's a way of life. Yeah. And in turn, we want it to be that way, too. But when people think of Baker, I want to think of good quality wines and having a good time when they come to visit like that for that. Excellent. Well, guys, we thank you so much for what you're doing for us in the state of North Carolina, too, and not just for Ann and I here, too, like that. We've enjoyed our friendship all the years like that. We really have, but we certainly appreciate this tonight. Now, we really do. Oh, well, we do as well. Thank you for taking the time with us. Okay. Yes, thank we you We look forward much. to more visits and more conversations, and Ann, I'm hoping that you get to your beach and your book soon. Me, <laughs> <Okay>. too. <laughs> you got to the beach, no book, though, no beach, so did you? you didn't go out to the beach, did you? Well, it's college friends you went with. Oh. Uh, Okay. We celebrated our 75th birthday. We've been friends since 62. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, let's end on that high note. Thank you again. Well, thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of Corp Talk. Thanks again to Charles and Ann Edwards for sitting with us after a busy day. It was great to hear their story and relax on a nice afternoon. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. This helps others find our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NC Wine Guys. Until next time, and remember, a cork only talks when it's out of the bottle. Cheers!